We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome back to another episode of the pack a day podcast you can get all your pack a day updates by following us on twitter at pack a day podcast remember you can always subscribe to the podcast on itunes google play tune in stitcher or spotify and of course you can check us out over at cheeseheadtv.com I'm Kyle Fellows, and I am joined by my co-host, Andrew Mertzig. Andrew, it's a Friday. It's good to be back. It's good to see you. Uh, how you doing this week? I'm doing great. It, it It's fantastic. It's kind of hard not to be great. Packers lock up the number one seed. It's a, it's a new year, quite literally. There's a lot to look forward to. Um, I was very close to thinking that I was going to have to do this show without my co-host this week because uh, you're on the Packaday podcast, COVID IR, but you're quarantining, <laughs> yes. toughing yes. this one out. Your voice actually sounds pretty good compared to what I thought it was going to be. So <laughs> thank you on behalf of the listeners for being with us because nobody wants to sit through you know, 20 minutes of just Andrew by himself. Oh, no, you do a great job. I've heard a couple of those shows and I love them, but it's good to be here. And man, it's it's been a fun. Oh, fun is a bad word. It was it's been a terrible week. But, you know, thankful uh, for the experience that my family's had and thankful for the opportunity to have been vaccinated. But I think just like everybody, I mean, so many people are going through this right now. It just seems like it's kind of rampant, but thankful for that. It hasn't been worse than it's been. And thankful to be here uh, with you and talk about some Packers as a little bit of a distraction, man. You guys, you want to talk about some. Some uh, some Packers, some Week 18 football. Let's do it. Okay, all right. Garbage at- football is my favorite football. You <laughs> know is. this, right? I do like, know this. Like we, we love the preseason, and Week 18 is kind of a preseason game. <laughs> this is true. This is where we've come to. And uh, we are back, as always, for our key matchups and X-Factors. We're going to give them to you one more time, regular season here. Um, as always, we're going to take some time and we're going to dive into those um, opponent matchups, right? The roster of these Detroit Lions that we're going to talk about, those matchups. And then we will give you our X-Factor predictions, as always. Um, but Week 18, man, it feels weird to say that. It's starting to become a little bit less awkward as we've you know, gotten here and hear more and more uh, people say that. But Week 17 was fun. We got to see the Green Bay Packers take care of business against those Minnesota Vikings, right? Destroying that cousinsless Minnesota team. 
at Lambeau. Uh, but now we've got one more, right? We, we, we're kind of looking a little bit into the playoffs here. We're dreaming about what could be. But we've got Detroit and those Lions on tap this week. It's a road game, right? you got to finish strong. Week 18, like we said, it's weird, uh, but we're here. So let's talk a little bit, Andrew, because there's been a little bit of discussion here. We, we You wrap up that number one seed. A lot of people start talking about, okay, you can take it easy. You can you can rest and those kinds of things. But we're hearing that the Packers are going to play their starters here. So how are we feeling uh, that's between the two of us about those, those starters being out there on the field on Sunday? Yeah, I'll keep it kind of simple because I know this has been talked about ad nauseum. But for me, I prefer them sitting all of the starters. This team has been ravaged by injuries and the opportunity to get a little healthier um, and and have that double buy, I think, is incredibly valuable. That being yeah. said, Matt LaFleur knows this team. He is going to get them out there and try to be as... Uh, rust proof as possible and, yeah. and get them ready to go. There, there, there's so many historical examples of kind of both sides of this coin. Yeah. You know, everybody's going to point to 2011 and the Packers not playing their starters and then having the bye and then the Giants um, game. But, you know, Pat McAfee mentioned it on the show, the, the Colts team that they were on when they were 14-0 and and they decided to rest their starters for the last two weeks of the regular season and then the bye and they actually made the Super Bowl that year. And so, like, if they had won the Super Bowl, that you know, it, it's not like they came out and they they laid an egg. I, there's lots of examples both ways. I think it's going to be really beneficial if the Packers go out, play their starters for a quarter or two, and they don't get any injuries. That's going to be yes. great. Yes. Matt Lafleur is going to get second guessed to death if somebody important gets hurt during this game. Yeah. And that's the risk that you run. But, um, you know, I mean, the Packers lost probably the guy who prevented them from getting to the Super Bowl and David Bakhtiari during a practice last year. Mm. So you don't yeah. know. Those kind of things yeah. can happen. I would imagine the, the the starters that are playing are going to be playing, you know, not tentatively, but I think there's things that they can do to reduce the level of concern about injury. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to throw the ball very quickly. Uh, you know, if he senses any pressure at all, I think he's just going to be chucking it out. And, you know, they, they might have some drives that don't look so, as pretty as they normally would because, you know, they're they're doing that. But, you know, things can happen. I, I, I'm not a huge proponent of playing your starters, but I, I understand where the Packers are coming from. I'm with you, and I expected that they wouldn't. And so it felt like immediately after the game, there was this consensus that the Packers knew and the Packers players knew that they were all going to be playing next week. And so what was, what was interesting to me is that it seemed like LaFleur, Adams, Rodgers at least, were all on the same page, that there had been some discussions before that Minnesota game of what do we do if we secure this first round bye because there was no hesitation. There was no, well, we'll have some conversations you know, we'll see how the week goes. You know, it, it wasn't it wasn't like they were even putting off the conversation. The decision had already been made. And so I do feel like that's interesting that, you know, Rogers has talked about the hottest team wins. Right. But he's also said the healthiest team wins. But I do wonder if this defense is good as it's played early in the year. Um, I think I wonder if there's a little bit of like, hey, we want to make sure 
that we get back to that, you know, playing hot on defense before we hit the playoffs and just kind of like, you know, trying to get a little bit of a rhythm from your guys for a quarter or two just to make sure, you know, stay stay kind of in rhythm. And Matt LaFleur is a rhythm coach, right? He understands the value within a game, but I think also over the course of a season of how that impacts players. Yeah, and one other thing, there there is some like roster strategy to this, right? Because if you're planning on playing your starters and then sitting them, it's not like the preseason where you have 75 or 90 players available. Right. You only have 53. So if you're going to go into the game and say, we're committed to rest every starter who's really important to us, you can set up your roster so that you have guys to play special teams late into the game and yeah. you have depth if somebody were to go down. If you play your starters and then you sit them, let's say you only have two quarterbacks active and something happens to Jordan Love, you know, you may not have Kirk Benkert to come in at that point. You may have to throw Rodgers back in the game. Same thing with running back and wide receiver and those other positions. Like, you have to put players out on the field. And so I think, you know, that that's an interesting perspective too. like how many guys are they going to call up from the practice squad to have active on game day. And um, yeah, we, we will see. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I would be curious, and I'm sure that this data doesn't exist in any way, but like because you play when you play backups, you play guys who don't play together a lot of times, whether that's offensive linemen playing next to each other, whether that's wide receivers trying to catch errant balls from quarterbacks who may not be in sync and those kinds of things. I would be curious if there is a greater injury risk to obviously lower on the death chart player, but a greater injury risk amongst players who play in that kind of an environment versus the structure of like, hey, we're really familiar and we gel well, um, and I play next to this guard all the time, so I know I can trust him and and those kinds of things. But, you know, I'm sure that data doesn't exist because no one's doing that. But it, it's interesting, and obviously the Packers seem like they have a plan uh, that they're ready to run with for Sunday to stay ready as they go on this stretch. But uh, that's our that's our thoughts on it. Andrew, you want to actually get into the, to the ball game and some of these matchups? Yeah, I'll talk about the key matchups. I'm sure there's somebody somewhere screaming at me saying there's only 48 people active on game day, not 53. And you are correct. <laughs> I, that was a that was a slip up, and I knew it as soon as they said it. Uh, I couldn't remember if it was 46 or 48. I knew they they changed it recently, but it is 48. Yeah, but our, so, our producer caught that, so we're we're thankful for that. <laughs> yeah, they thankfully we have internet access while we're recording this. So um, yeah, my first key matchup for this game is the Lions running game against the Packers front. And I, I think you could go with a lazy narrative and just be like, the Lions are not good. They're not a good team. But the record, while it's certainly one of the worst in the league, they're actually one six and one in one score games this season. That That's insane. Um, there's not that many teams who have been in that many one score games and certainly not ones that have been that bad. And so they, they're playing teams incredibly tough. And their O-line is one of the areas on the team where they actually have talent. Um, you know, first and foremost, Frank Regnell, one of the best centers in the league, is on IR. But Evan Brown has really been a solid replacement for them. Taylor Decker and Penny Sewell are really strong at tackle. Um, and then Jonah Jackson is a pretty solid guard, though he is limited at practice this week with an elbow injury. Uh, Vitae, who I'm not going to say the first name of, <laughs> is the other guard who has been really the weak point in that line. But, you know, four out of five, that's not bad. And they can still run the ball pretty effectively despite the injuries that they've had at running back. And normally I would not worry about the Packers front. I mean, I yes, Cleveland was a bad game, but they showed a marked improvement against the Vikings. However, if I was a running team, 
or I was running this team, right? The Green Bay Packers. I would try to get Kenny Clark as much rest as possible. So the injury yeah. thing is one thing, but Kenny Clark, before he missed the game with the injury, I mean, he was on pace for like just an insane amount of snaps this season. And it's still too high in my opinion. Yeah. So I would love to see him get some rest. He has taken, um, like I said, way too many snaps. Snaps. Devondre Campbell, another key to the Packers' run defense as a player. They just cannot afford to get hurt. They do not have a replacement for Devondre no, Campbell. No, they don't. And, you know, his tackling has been such a crucial piece to his team's success. So we may end up seeing players like TJ Slayton and Oren Burks in there to stop the run and, and being, you know, playing a lot of snaps in this one. I think that's an advantage Detroit could take advantage of in this game. Yeah, and we saw last week, we saw uh, Swift come back, and then, of course, Jamal Williams. Uh, Swift is a little bit slow into getting integrated to the degree that he's been an impact player for them this year, but obviously they have the pieces there, and Jamal Williams is no... uh, Man, he's, he's a really talented football player for that team, so, I mean... Well, we can see a lot of things happen in the running game. I think that's a good point. And I'm going to talk a little bit about the other pieces of that offensive line a little bit later. But you're right. That's a place where they certainly have stacked some talent over these last couple of years. But um, I'm going to talk about A.J. Dillon versus the Lions defensive line. And we got to see A.J. Dillon cash in for two scores in this last week Minnesota game. Uh, He was just a ton of fun to watch out there. He's obviously a huge guy hard to tackle, but he's also an incredibly dynamic athlete, which we know, right? We've established this, but every time he does it on the field, it just feels like there's more wow factor baked in, right? And with Aaron Jones continuing to pop up on the injury report with the knee issue that he's been dealing with for some time now, I would expect that Jones would get a light workload in this game in order to be fresh for the playoffs. Uh, If there's a position that can be rested without affecting the rest of the team around them, I do think it's running back. I think that's a pretty easy one to sit a guy so with Jones taking a breather Dylan's gonna run wild in this game he's got to right uh, when you pull up the Lions defense on PFF and you look at their defensive line and their linebackers let me tell you it is not a pretty thing right PFF uses color codes right along with their numbers just to kind of help you get a feel for things and get a picture of where a roster sits green is good red is bad and there's varying degrees of color in between right The Lions defensive line, linebackers, it's a sea of red and orange, okay? There's no green in there at all. I don't think that there's even any yellow. So you're looking at some solid analytical content here today. Uh, The Lions run defense is really, really poor. Uh, Coach Campbell brought linebacker Alex Anzalone with him from the New Orleans Saints. And he must be a great culture guy because on the field, he's been pretty rough this year. Uh, He grades his PFS 81st overall linebacker. Um, They've only graded 86 dudes, so not a great year for Anzalone. But he does lead the Lions in snaps at that linebacker spot by a lot. Um, and rookies Aleem McNeil, Levi Anzariki, along with Michael Brockers and Nick Williams at the defensive line position have tallied uh, the most snaps along that defensive line. And not a single one of them has a respectable run grade when you look it up. So Dylan, he's going to be a force in this game. The question is how long does he actually get to play and tear up this team uh, before Patrick Taylor gets in and takes over? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, and I know nobody cares about fantasy teams, but I'm in one league where the overall points for the entire season count as well. So you're, you're, you're competing for the championship and you're competing for the overall. And so we have to play week 18. Oh. And I was very seriously considering picking up Patrick Taylor. Cause I there think, you go. I think he's going to be a sneaky, uh, whole bunch of carries guy. Yeah. That's a good one. idea. Yeah. That's and, fun. uh, so my second key matchup is going to be the lions cornerbacks against Packers wide receivers. So if you are not familiar with the lions current starting cornerbacks, they are Will Harris and Ifatu Melifanwu. Will Harris is actually graded as a safety by Pro Football Focus, in case you were wondering. I don't know why they did that, but okay. <laughs> he's listed as a quarter by the Lions. I think he, he's a little bit of a tweener, but uh, he grades out as the 93rd out of 94 safeties in the NFL. Kyle, that's not great. Uh, <laughs> Ify Melifanwu, who was absolutely a colossal draft crush of both of us, has a coverage grade of 48.3, which is, let's just say, not good. Uh, he has been he's been a good run defender and a blitzer, but not really what he's getting paid for, what he got drafted for. He's a typical rookie cornerback and has only gotten 175 snaps. So you can, you can forgive the grade and, and see that there is some developmental uh, potential in the future. But Jeff Akuda was lost very early in the season, and then you have breakout player Amani Oro. Orowarie, easy for you to say, uh, which was who who was placed on IR two weeks ago. Orowarie was was actually playing really really well, and I think yeah. that's Melifanwu's development guy to look up to because yeah. they were very similar draft prospects, and uh, I you know I think you could see a trajectory there. But not having Akuda, not having Orowarie, um, that's a big deal for the Lions, and their depth is being tested big time. So the Lions should struggle early against Rodgers and Devontae Adams, but I'd argue we should expect them to struggle against Jordan Love and the backup gang of wide receivers. This is a very vulnerable secondary, and the Packers are going to need to take advantage of that in order to win on Sunday. 
Yeah, that's interesting. It's funny. So you said Will, Will Harris is being graded as a safety. And it's funny. I remember back week two, right, really early, I believe that they started a Fatu as a safety when we kind of looked at this. And, like, obviously yep. the sample size was really small there. So I don't know why PFF keeps jumbling up their corners and their safeties for these Lions. But maybe we'll get some respect in 2022. And they'll they should the just have in. a defensive back grade. Right. <laughs> that would be easier for PFF, I guess. <clears throat> Excuse me. Need some tea here. Um, the Packers edge rushers against the Lions offensive tackles is what I've got next on tap here. And on Tuesday, the Lions added tackles Penny Sewell and Taylor Decker to that feared COVID list, right? So it's possible that both will be available by Sunday. But Coach Dan Campbell said that they're preparing as if they won't have either of these guys, right? Um, they would have to both be asymptomatic by Sunday for that to happen, to test out of this um, with that five-day built in there. But Will Holden and Matt Nelson are your next guys up at tackle for the Lions. And talk about a drop-off in talent and consistency, right? Well, Decker and Sewell have played really, really well for these Lions, right? Both players great in the top 25 uh, for PFF among tackles, which is great. You know, if you're a Lions fan, that's your silver lining. You know, you've got your tackles for the future on the roster. That's a great place to be. Uh, but Holden hasn't played enough snaps this season to really be evaluated and ranked for PFF. He's only played 40 snaps, and it hasn't been great when he's been out there. And Matt Nelson grades as the 76th offensive tackle in the league for PFF, and that's out of 82 guys who qualify for the grade. So all that to say, if the Lions don't get these guys back, right, or even if they're missing one of these guys, the Packers edge rushers are going to make life miserable for whoever's playing quarterback for the Lions, right? It sounds like Goff wants to play. It could be Boyle. But whoever is probably is not going to get a lot of time uh, to toss the football back there in this one. But those are our key matchups. We hope that you pay attention. Enjoy those as we watch this game on Sunday. But let's go ahead, uh, turn the page, Andrew, and talk about uh, some of our X factors for this game. Yeah, last week I, I felt really good about the Rashawn Gary pick. He had quite the impact. Uh, obviously, that's one of those like a little bit easier to make, uh, but it is nice to see uh, players coming through. So, are you oh, gonna go make ahead. me? Are you gonna make me talk about mine? Are we gonna, nope, never. Are we gonna, okay. <laughs> MVS was my call last week, and I really felt I felt really confident about that. I thought, and there was times like he obviously just didn't get the targets, he didn't get the catches, and there was the one shot that Rodgers took to the end zone deep, um, and it, you you never really tell with Rodgers if it's his own frustration he missed the throw or if there was something that was just a little off, but there was something on that play where it felt like Rodgers was frustrated about something. And then from that point on in the game, we just didn't see a lot of shots MVS's way. So I don't know what that was about, but that was a big miss for me. Um, Should have gone Lazard. There were a lot of other guys who had some some impact, but no MVS. I just feel like the game plan dictates a, so much of MVS's production, right? Because if the Packers are matriculating the ball the way that they were on Sunday, which was, I mean, the Vikings had no chance. True. Um I just feel like they don't take as many huge shots to MVS. Yeah. But when when teams are starting to creep up and really cause problems in that quick intermediate passing game, that's when MVS really has the the ability to take the roof off. And it, it's hard to predict those. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to go with the X factor this week of Dr. Pat McKenzie and the training staff. <laughs> it's week so, 18, everybody. Yeah. 
No, I mean, that's kind of a joke. I wrote that just for you. But um, seriously, the only thing I'm really concerned about at the end of the day are the injuries. Uh, Certainly, it'd be nice to see the Packers play really well, get a win going into the bye week. But um, just stay healthy, please. Um, But my my real X factor is Jordan Love. This is absolutely a great opportunity for Love to shine. The pressure is a lot lower. The crowd should be friendlier. The opponent is not as good as it was in Kansas City. And my expectation is that Love is going to get two or three quarters of action. And this is a really big deal. Number one, if he needs to take any snaps in the playoffs because of an injury, because of COVID, whatever, getting some confidence now is going to be key because you never know, right? Like when people need to step up, uh, Drew Bledsoe got benched for some guy named Tom Brady, who we've never heard of since. And Drew Bledsoe had to come back in in a playoff situation and win a game for the Patriots um, in in that first Super Bowl run. And, you know, yeah, that's Drew Bledsoe, right? Like, but that happens, right? Backup quarterbacks sometimes get thrust into those situations. And if you have somebody serviceable, you can avoid having to turn to Caleb Haney in an NFC championship game. So, um, you know, I think number two, though, this is a chance for Love to debut that I I don't think I mean debut. I don't know what I'm trying to say, Kyle, but (laughs) this is a chance for Love to show he's either the heir apparent or he is worthy of a trade to another team Mm, if Rodgers sticks around. So, I mean, it is it's not unforeseeable to think that Love could be back as the backup to Rodgers again next season. There's certainly some cap reasons why the Packers may want to do that. Um, but I think if there is value that they can get for Jordan Love in a trade, um, the only way to prove that to other teams, because he had such a limited preseason, he had no preseason his rookie year, is to show out in this game. And so I think that's really important for the Packers to to have faith that they can turn to Love if Rodgers decides he wants to move on. Um, I, I think having a good performance here would also be key. And, you know, I was at the Matt Flynn week game 17 uh, years ago. Uh, certainly that's not a fair expectation in this one, but I do think the Packers could get another really, really impressive performance out of this number 10. Andrew, I don't always read through your stuff in the show doc before we start because you're going to tell me about it later, right? So I don't I don't always I don't always do that. But I did skim down to this part earlier and I, this was the most exciting thing for me in the show today was just hearing you put these reasons together because I agree that this is a really exciting opportunity for Jordan Love and I love this pick because when you think back about the opportunities that Love has had this season, you think about Kansas City, incredibly hard place to play, but also an incredibly stressful week, right? The way that that came about and all of the drama around it and Rodgers was all over the news and, you know, you know, uh, last year's MVP, like leaving his team in the dust because he didn't make the decision. Maybe he should have. All of that was buzzing and he had to go in there and try to play. Just incredibly stressful, big lights, awful, right? So then you get to even last week, and I felt like Jordan did some really nice things last week. There was a couple balls you were like, man, some uh, maybe maybe Brett Favre, no more rocket ball kind of things. But at the same time, he he played better last week. But at the same time, you weren't expecting that opportunity maybe, right? That was still a, okay, This the 
the Packers are rolling the Vikings. He has to step into what's been an incredibly successful um, offense that night and then try to do the same thing or like th- those kinds of things. He gets to come into Sunday knowing he's the guy. You know, Rodgers is going to play a quarter or two, but he's the guy, right? He comes and he plays the Lions. He's going to feel that pocket a little bit more. This is his game to play. It's not his team, but it's his game to play. And I really think this is the first opportunity that we have as Packers fans and as evaluators, not us, but I'm saying others that that are evaluating Jordan Love to really say like, okay, this is his chance, right? The preseason's really not that because he's playing with you know a lot of backups and those other two opportunities aren't really a fair shake. So I'm excited because of what you said. I think that this is his first real go at what we can kind of sit back and say, okay, this may be the Jordan Love that we get in this opportunity. So anyway, I talked for a long time because I'm really excited. You think week 18 in a game that doesn't mean a lot to the Packers, but I'm really excited for this football team and what we're going to get to see out of Jordan Love. But my pick this week is Equinemius St. Brown, okay? <laughs> so I'm laughing because I've realized that I've chosen a wide receiver three weeks in a row now. And this one I feel like is a little different, but it could be just more of the same. I don't know. Uh, regardless, I was wrong. We talked about this. MVS last week was not uh, the right call there. And I was wrong about Jawan Winfrey the week before having that breakout game on Christmas Day when I went a little bit deep for that call. But this week, I'm going to get this one right, right? EQ has gotten a ton um, of opportunities. He hasn't gotten a ton of opportunities, but he's made the most of the opportunities that he's gotten, right? He's gotten seven catches on 12 targets this year. He's looked really solid with those. And I suspect that when the Packers pull Rodgers in this game and they flip it over to Love, as you've said, I think EQ is going to get some extra time out there. And I think we'll see a fun connection between those two. And I think he's going to get five catches in this football game. And so, you know, us... And our roster building selves, I think, are about as ready to nerd out about this game that maybe doesn't mean as much as as maybe just any game that we've watched this year. Yeah, absolutely. And so we we like to close the show out um, on what is the you know path to victory for either the Packers or the Lions. Um, and for me, you know, if the Lions are going to win this game, it's just keep the keep it close early. If they can keep it close to the point where Lafleur is uh, ready to pull his starters, even if he's not comfortable with it at that point, um, they're going to have a really good shot because once the Packers go to their backups, I think the Lions, talent-wise, are going to, um, you know, have have an equal playing field, and so that that's the path that that I would foresee for them. Um, you know, certainly the Packers starters are going to get rest at some point. So yeah, um, how about you? Yeah, no, I, I think that that's. It's hard to think it's a lot more than that just because it feels like the Packers come in with the uh, very much better roster. And then also, like we talked about, you know, the COVID concerns that the Lions have, the injuries that have put them even further behind where the Packers are so that they can keep it close. But, um, you know, they've got some fun sparks, right? Like Amon Ross St. Brown played his butt off last week. And I think... There's a little bit of that in the Lions culture that's like they know they're becoming a team. Um, They're not too worried about the result this year, but they're building that success in anywhere that they can get it. So I think you can expect guys like St. Brown to show up and make it. Obviously, we just talked about EQ, but little brother, you know, it sounds like the parents uh, are going to be there. Uh, Mr. Mr. Universe is going to show up to watch his boys play in this week 18 game. And so both guys are going to show out. But I think it's things like that, like guys trying to prove themselves and make steps forward for 2022 for this Lions team that could make things a little bit interesting, um, especially like if Tim Boyle gets another shot at it, right? Like uh, just a, another opportunity to establish where he could be in the league. 
Yeah, and I I have heard a little bit about like, well, the Lions don't have anything to play for, and um, you know, this is a team that's playing more for uh, a high draft pick, potentially even getting number one, depending on how some things shake out this weekend. I don't think that's a Dan Campbell sort no. of thing. This team no. has played hard. I do think that this team is doing a roster rebuild the proper way, finally. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I think that they have a lot to play for in their mind. And, and beating the team that has bullied everybody else in the NFC North for the last, uh, you know, however many years you want to yeah. go back to um, is probably a big deal to them. So um, it will be interesting. But that is all the time that we have for today. This has been the Pack Day Podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit. And you can find me at Andrew Mertig. Please subscribe and consider giving us a five-star review if you like what we're doing. You can catch Kyle and myself every single Friday. And next week, we'll be back to help you enjoy the Packers' first round bye and take a look at some of the things to watch during Wild Card Weekend. Thanks for listening. And as always, remember... Whoa!